Welcome to Nate Sports, powered by the BetMGM app. I'm Austin Stanley. He is Zach Bingham. Make sure you follow us all over social media as we are Nashville's on-demand sports talk network going live every weekday morning at 8 central time on Facebook, YouTube, and Twitch. Find links to the show on our Twitter timeline and our Instagram. Hit us up on TikTok as well and follow us for more Titans content. We got to thank our sponsors because they make it happen for us and they help out you guys. With Wilson County Hyundai, make them a part of your new car buying process by going to see them in Lebanon or simply at wilsoncountyhyundai.com, the Bone and Joint Institute, boneandjointtn.org, the region's destination for comprehensive orthopedic and sports medicine care, plus Farm Bureau Health Plans. Get better with Farm Bureau Health Plans, better coverage, better rates, better service. Learn more about a health plan for you at fbhp.com slash atoz. So a couple of housekeeping things. Uh, well, one housekeeping thing. I'm wearing the beanie today because the magic bucket told me to on uh, Thursday and Amazon wasn't fast enough for me to wear it on Friday's show. So here I am wearing it on our following show Tuesday. Hope everybody had a great Labor Day weekend as I did. Got some relaxation in. Zach, I saw somebody asking about your fantasy draft. Well, your fantasy draft is actually going to be somewhat included in one of our questions today is that right are we doing a fantasy draft update each day throughout the course of the season well you'll you'll need draft is just a one day thing so like you may i don't know if it's a well how you draft is how you play (laughs) so if you draft well but you we can find yourself at the well, end we of the season hoisting a trophy. I don't even know why I brought this up. I could have just let this slide, but I did this to myself. Yeah, so you I, did this to I yourself. Lose. Yeah, so I lose uh, on, on a Tuesday already. All right, but Zach, I saw this tweet this morning. And again, thanks to uh, at like Mike 731 for tweeting this to me uh, in uh, early this morning to kind of help us with this show topic. But Nick Wright, who is uh, on FS1, uh, he said he was going to tweet out like their shows coming back first things first. So he had one NFL thought for every, for the next 24 hours on the hour. Right. So thought number 11 that came out at, I believe 6 AM this morning from Nick Wright said, expecting a massive step back for the Titans. They weren't nearly as good as the record suggested last year. Plus the obvious hangover of how they lost in the playoffs and bringing back Tannehill and the odd trade of AJ Brown is going to lead them to missing the playoffs. It is a very, very long sentence uh, with one plus and two ands there. Actually, yeah, uh, two ands there from Nick Wright. But expecting a massive step back, not what they were last year, as the record said, plus the loss hangover, then Tannehill, and then A.J. Brown. So, Zach, what's your initial thoughts of Nick Wright's take there about the Tennessee Titans? Well, I mean, he's not completely incorrect, right, with some of those takes. Now, some of them are opinion-based. But, you know, the A.J. Brown trade was weird. I think that was weird to me, so I agree with that. Bringing back Tannehill, I think, was more understandable for the people that understood what the cap hit was for the said team. 50-plus million dollars is hard to get rid of. It's just very, very difficult. Yeah. And they didn't go after Aaron Rodgers. He ended up staying in Green Bay. And Russell Wilson ended up going to Denver as he gets set against his former foe on Monday night, which should be a good matchup there. But they didn't get any new quarterbacks. And Ryan Tannehill did play disastrously. Three interceptions. And the main reason why they lost that game and got bounced out of the playoffs, which was their best opportunity since 2008, to kind of set the road of of the postseason tournament. And 
they let it fall short. I think the the big question of that statement is, well, there's two. Let's start with the first one. Were they as good as their record showed last year, in your opinion? I'll ask you that, Austin. I mean, yeah. Like I, I, I think the Titans did an incredible job of being able to win 12 games last year. And that's why Mike Vrabel was coach of the year. Because Nick Wright says or sees all that. Um, and thinks, oh, the Titans are soft because they had all the injuries, but I think it's a credit to the team, the core, and the coaching staff for being able to win 12 games with the different pieces that they had to bring in. I mean, I, I think, yes, they absolutely were as good as that. And that's, I think that's r- ridiculous for somebody to, to doubt the Titans uh, and their ability to, to hold things together through all the different injuries they had. I agree with you. I yeah. think that their record shows that what they went through last year, coach of the year held them together. And it was unfortunate that their quarterback, which is probably the most highlighted, most doubted player on the team, showed up in a very, very poor way in the biggest game where 30 million people were watching, right? So I think that kind of goes towards what his opinion was based on the record. But Tannehill played well with really less talent for a lot of the year. Yeah, it's well, just unfortunate, though, when you get Derrick Henry, Julio Jones, and A.J. Brown back in the playoffs, Sure, you play poor. Well, and G-Man says the Titans weren't as good as the record. The fast start saved the Titans. Well, look, yes, they got off to a 6-2 and two start, but they finished 6-3. and three. So, I mean, there's one game difference there in the back half of one loss, extra loss compared to the fast start of, of six and two. I mean, so I, I think you have to give the Titans credit for what they were able to go through. And here's what I also think saying you expect the Titans to take a massive step back is fairly safe because they were the one seed last year, right? The chiefs got off to a slow start. They were the two seed, but they had to climb out of the hole. The Ravens at one point were battling the Titans for the one seed. Then everybody got hurt and they lost their last five or six games. And so it's pretty easy and safe for somebody to act like they're sticking their neck out there and say, the Titans are going to take a step back this year. Well, well no, yeah, you, the, you, you didn't say the same thing. Well, you started your sentence with massive. Well, I wasn't you ended your sentence without it. I wasn't done yet. You cut me off because I was going to say, yeah, Nick Wright added the massive part to it. But again, so step back is easy to say. Massive step back and then miss the playoffs. That's missing the playoffs is where, the take really stands strong that he actually did stick his knock out there because missing the playoffs means also that you think highly of the Indianapolis Colts. And that's where I, I think it's, it's the national media's trap that they've fallen in the last three years, at least the last three years that the Colts are going to win this division. And it's just, the, they just believe that every August. Oh, the Colts are going to win the AFC South. I mean, how could they not? But in fact, they haven't done it in a long, long time. Yeah, so look, I think the the word massive is uh, important when it comes to that. And I think Nick Wright, you know, his bold prediction was them missing the playoffs. But we also know that nuance of, as you said, it's a two-horse race. One team is going to be on the outside end because of the AFC West. Right, The AFC West is just too damn good to not have multiple teams in, which is going to take away. Now, what the NFL did a couple of years ago, they added a game, and more importantly, 
added a seventh playoff team, right? So there's a benefit. But the number one seed last year, it is going to be, I, I would just say, damn near impossible for the Titans to get a number one seed again. The Packers did it two years in a row, but the Packers have an elite quarterback. The Titans, they have a question mark at quarterback. And I think that's the point that Nick Wright is bringing up. And I have it. A lot of Titans fans have it. Austin, I'll let you speak for yourself when it comes to what you feel about Ryan Tannehill. But I am questioning number 17. I don't believe that they will maintain or take a step forward. And a step forward, Austin, is an AFC championship game appearance. A massive step back is missing the playoffs. Yeah, well, on Ryan Tannehill briefly, I, I I think Ryan Tannehill is poised to have a very, very good regular season. But I also understand that that's not what Ryan Tannehill is going to be judged on. His, his, his final exam of how he plays in the playoffs is all that matters to this point uh, for, for him and going into this season, which is what, his fourth season as the Titans uh, starting quarterback as a whole. So, yeah, but, you know, Nick Wright has said, Massive, massive step back. Well, there's one massive thing that Ryan, that uh, Nick Wright has failed to mention in this tweet, Zach, and it's the fact that Derrick Henry is back. That Derrick Henry is back after missing nine straight games to end the regular season. He came back in the playoffs, but we also know that he wasn't his full self. I think we kind of expected some rust, and there wasn't that explosive ability. And we, we what we've seen from Henry in the preseason and in training camp, it looks like he is fully back healthy and he is ready to go. And well, so we haven't seen him in the preseason in well, training camp, training camp in the, in the <laughs> pre in the preseason, which is before the season, not the preseason games, but in the preseason of training camp. Yes. Uh, the Derrick Henry's explosiveness is back full go. So if Nick Wright thinks the Titans are going to miss the playoffs, then he must think pretty highly about the Indianapolis Colts. Those are two things that go along with that. So go ahead. Well, I, th I thought it was telling that you know, he said all of these things. You can criticize, criticize, and criticize. And Harold Landry is what Harold Landry is. And I think he's a massive missing piece to this defense, unfortunately, after tearing his ACL last week. But Derrick Henry is the outlier, right? He is the X factor of this team. He has proven multiple times that he single-handedly can get the Titans to the playoffs. I mean, with the 2,000-yard rushing season, he helps Tannehill, which there's a lot of doubter, doubters out there as we talk about. But Derrick Henry claim, and we'll talk about this here shortly, the best running back in the NFL, you know, he can single-handedly win you games. When Harold Landry went down, you know, the lines don't move as if Derrick Henry goes down, right? right. Yeah. And then the other thing is the fact that the Titans maintained last year without Derrick Henry, and then the chip on number 22's shoulder to come back from an injury that he's really never had before. He's never missed that amount of time in his professional career due to injury. I th And look, he's got, he's got the long hair, don't care look, and I think, I think he has this mentality and mindset this year that could be scary to defenses all across the NFL. No doubt. So let's ask our question, Zach. Who will have the better season, Derek Henry or Jonathan Taylor? Because it is official NFL game week for everybody. Everybody plays uh, this week, and it starts 
on Thursday night with the Bills and the Rams. But who will have the better season, Derrick Henry or Jonathan Taylor, uh, as it is game week across the NFL and for the Titans? Real quick, let me tell you guys about the Bone & Joint Institute, boneandjointtn.org, the region's destination for comprehensive orthopedic and sports medicine care. And on Friday, I did a Doc Talk segment with uh, Dr. Stark at the Bone & Joint Institute about Harold Landry, about what's the difference in the clean ACL tear and some other things that could happen along with the ACL. How would uh, the ACL reconstructive surgery impact Harold Landry's ability to do that motorcycle lean bend around the edge getting to the quarterback? So we talked about all of that. It's up there on our YouTube channel, A to Z Sports Nashville. But whenever you get hurt, nowhere to go. And that is the folks who are the experts at the Bone & Joint Institute, boneandjointtn.org. A to Z Sports, we are powered by BetMGM. If you look at that promo code right there in the middle of your screen, you're going to get a risk-free bet up to $1,000 if you're a new user. And now is the time to use it heading into the first week, week one of the NFL football season. Use the promo code A-T-O-Z-S-P-O-R-T-S, all one word, no spaces, in the promo code tab when you sign up for BetMGM. You'll get a risk-free bet up to $1,000 for new users. That is the king of the sports book. That is BetMGM. Download the app today in your app store. All right, so the question we're asking right now, who will have the better season, Derrick Henry or Jonathan Taylor? Zach, I'm going to send you the chat here in a second, but I do have updated odds from BetMGM this morning when it comes to the leading rusher uh, in the NFL prediction. So, Jonathan, once upon a time, these guys were both at plus 500. That was like a month ago. With Jonathan Taylor plus 500, Derrick Henry plus 500, and now over the last month throughout the preseason and training camp, Taylor has bumped up to plus 375, and Derrick Henry right there at plus 600 with Dalvin Cook and Nick Chubb. They're at plus 1,000. Najee Harris at plus 1,600. Interesting bet there. But those are the updated odds, Zach, on leading rusher. But who is the chat saying will have a better season this year between the two running backs? Well, and this is not a surprise. You know, we, A to Z Sports Nashville, we cover the Tennessee Titans. There wasn't going to be a lot of Jonathan Taylors, but I was looking for them. The majority is obviously, you know, Jonathan, John, Dago, tighten up, uh, uh, let's see, uh, Carol Renee. I mean, they, they're all Derrick Henry, right? Derrick Henry, Derrick Henry, Derrick Henry. I did see G-Man on base. He brought something to the table because he said Taylor, but only because the Titans will back off Henry usage. What do you think about that? Who, you know, I, we keep talking about this. Like the last three years, we're like, oh, when are the Titans going to, back off and be more balanced when it comes to Derrick Henry's usage and not force feeding the ball 30 times in a game. That hasn't happened. Last year, they are using him more uh, in the first eight games than they were in the season that he ran for 2,000 yards. So, again, I, I don't think the usage is going to change um, unless the game situation dictates it. And that's up to Ryan Tannehill, the offense and the defense, and really everybody else. Uh, can the Titans get leads that they can sit on and then have Derrick Henry out? Because in the past, when Derrick Henry's usage is not high, the Titans are losing games because they're having to throw the football in the third and fourth quarter instead of run the football in the fourth quarter when they're up. So I, I just don't see that happening. I think he's going to have over 300 carries for the third. Well, 
He but was on pace it, for a lot, but that's he's gonna have over 300 carries. That statement tells you that if you're worried about throwing the football more in the third and fourth quarters, that's a quarterback problem. That's literally what Zach. I was just saying, I was talking about a hypothetical issue that in game situations, <laughs> I mean, go go ahead, whatever. Well, no, I mean, it, it brings no. up the point. It brings up the uh, the. No, that's just that's just the Achilles football heel of the team. No, no, but that's just the football game, Zach. It's it's like when you know stuff happens and a team gets out on the lead and it changes the football script. It's not like a indictment on Tannehill. That's just what happens in football games. Is that one team gets a lead and the other team has to abandon the run? Or yeah, it's, it could be a defense problem too, as Matt says. Like I, it's not an indictment on on Ryan Tannehill. That's just how games go. That's I think it point. is an indictment on Toronto Tannehill because if no. you go, if you look at a Titans game and we're talking about the Titans having to throw the football a lot in the third and fourth quarter, that's not a positive. If you said that with the Green Bay Packers or the Bills or or the Rams, that's not a bad thing. They're probably whipping ass, and that and that's that's something the Titans are going to have to change this you year. Took, you just took that in a in a way that was completely unintended. <laughs> But that's it's the just facts. I, did I, I didn't say no, anything that's just untrue. The, no, that's just what the Titans want to do. When they get leads, they run the ball more to get the game over with and, you know, win the game, ice the game. So Mr. Jackboy brings up maybe Jonathan Taylor only because of the schedule. Titans do play a better schedule for tougher teams because they were the one seed last year. Do you think that has anything to do with it? Yeah, I mean... They both play the AFC West, so it's going to be, you know, they have both have hard schedules. I, no, it doesn't really change my opinion all that much. Steven says it will be Jonathan Taylor. And look, they're, overwhelmingly, it's Derrick Henry. So I, I want to establish that through the chat. That's why I'm not reading all of the, the comments because, you know, there's a lot of Daniel Perez's, which is King Henry, King Henry, which is okay. Steven says, Taylor, unless the Titans wide receiver core is better than we thought, the defense will have to show respect. And Taylor comes in leading the league, right? He's the defending rushing champion. Now, I don't know if that was by default because King Henry got hurt, right? I mean, he didn't have the opportunity to kind of uh, maintain his crown per se. But I find this, I find this very, very a, a good question because – as we talked about, I had my fantasy draft on Friday. I had the number one pick in my fantasy draft. I, like people all over the country in fantasy football, when you have the number one pick, you value running backs. It's hard to find a starting running back consistently throughout the course of the season that won't be spelled by one, two punches, right? That's just what the running back position has become. So when you have an opportunity to draft a bell cow back you do it i had the opportunity to draft the, the pick of the litter i it was who i decided i ultimately decided derrick henry that was my number one pick it wasn't jonathan taylor and i don't have any affinity towards the colts or dislike the colts i don't really care but i just trying to win <laughs> I, yeah i i that's i want to win i really want to win i've been in the championship game the last two years and i've lost I got a bad taste in my mouth. Pisses me off, to be honest, just thinking about it. So I've got a draft well, and I felt, and here's my, look, I think it's going to be close. I think these are the top two running backs in the league. But ultimately, I don't know. I just think Derrick Henry is, is like me. The last two years of my fantasy championship game, I think he's pissed off. 
And yeah. I think if you have a Derrick Henry with that mindset, with a lot of doubters, with not having that rushing crown like he wanted to have because of his inability, because of an injury, I think he's going to come out and prove his value and his worth. I think he has to help Ryan Tannehill, Traylon Burks, and Robert Woods, and Austin Hooper, and, and the, the receiving core of the Titans. But ultimately... This is a running football team. This is running football and play good defense. That's Mike Vrabel. That's how it's set up. And that's how it's set up because of the quarterback. I don't know how the Titans are going to finish. I, I don't necessarily think that they're 100% not going to make the playoffs. I think it's going to be close. The Colts and Titans, now they play twice in the first seven weeks of the season. So we're going to find out more. And we know the Colts back half of the schedule. We'll probably predict that on Friday. But I do think that Derrick Henry is the best running back in the NFL, and I think that he will retake his throne this year by season's end. Will it be enough for the Titans franchise to accomplish the goals that they need? I don't know. But I'm taking Derrick Henry over Jonathan Taylor. I agree that Derrick Henry will have the better season than Jonathan Taylor, but Zach, I think you're focusing on the wrong quarterback here. On why? Because last year, Jonathan Taylor had a massive second half of the season because the Colts lost all trust in Carson Wentz. You know, early in the year, Carson Wentz was throwing the ball. Jonathan Taylor sometimes only have like 15, 16 carries in a game because they had to make sure that they traded a first-round pick for Carson Wentz. It needs to work out. Then they realized that Carson Wentz is a walking disaster with two sprained ankles, and they can't rely on or trust him to make good decisions anymore. And so they ran the ball a lot more with Taylor late in the year. And so that's where I think the Colts, again, now with Matt Ryan, think that they have upgraded a lot over Carson Wentz, which I agree they have upgraded over Carson Wentz. But I think the Colts and Frank Reich, his, his default is throwing the football. Frank Reich. Mike Vrabel's default is running the ball. So I think that's where I say Derrick Henry because Frank Reich will wait and try to make sure that Matt Ryan succeeds as the Colts quarterback and Jonathan Taylor will have his production overall hurt slightly. He's still going to have a good year, but his production will tailor off, if you will, early in the year compared to what Henry will be relied upon to do early in the year for the Titans. Well, if you watch the Colts last season, the reason why was because they started slow. They were playing from behind. They lost their first three games. If you remember, no, I, very both, well to the, both to the AFC West at the beginning of the season, yes. Seattle and LA, and then the Titans, we know in week three, and then they had the thriller against Baltimore on Monday night. They were playing from behind. And Jonathan Taylor had less than 60 yards in all four of those games when they started one and four. So their slow start, I don't think it was trying to figure out Carson Wentz. I think that they were forced to throw the football in that sense. Well, and, Carson and then they Wentz start playing easier great. competition. Yeah, and Carson Wentz wasn't very good. Like, and so and he had against, two sprained ankles, and they were playing from behind, right? So, like two sprained ankles down by 14, you're kind of screwed. But they also weren't going to Taylor early in the games either. Like they're like they could, like, if you think about it, Frank Reich should have leaned on Jonathan Taylor from the very get-go, uh, because Carson Wentz had that surgery on his foot right before training camp started. So you would expect that they should have been Taylor heavy, but again, they weren't able to do that uh, because they were struggling a lot as over in several areas. So that's why I think the Colts 
will go to the default, which is throwing the football with Matt Ryan more than they, more than the Titans will, I guess is my, my comp here, because I think both guys, Taylor and Henry will have a lot of carries, but the Colts will be more willing to throw the ball more often than the Titans. Yeah. And the, the Titans will go back to their bread and butter, especially they got to use him because they didn't get that luxury I know the playoff game was a playoff game, but we all know that he wasn't 100%. He's 100% going into this season. They've got to establish. That's how they establish, right? They establish 22. They bring the defense up. It helps Ryan Tannehill with his reads, the play action, the crossing routes. And now I think the deep ball more than ever will benefit. Here's another. We're going to do predictions because this is game week later in the season. I mean, I'm predicting a career-high deep ball completions from Ryan Tannehill. I think they have to use that, and I think they will use that with this type of receiving core core compared to we thought Julio Jones was going to be that. He he wasn't necessarily that. A.J. Brown's bread and butter is catch the ball and run away because of his uh, attributes. But for this, Traylon Burks, that's where he kind of makes his money is going up and getting – the football and how can they take advantage of that? Yeah, and, deep, and deep threats. and not just Burks, but Zach. They aired this thing out in training camp. Like the Titans were going down the field, like forty plus air yards down the field, consistently throughout training camp. And you did not necessarily see that a year ago with how vertically, how much more vertically they played. And Austin Hooper is a way more vertical tight end than than they had all last year. And that's what it is. It's two home runs. There's home runs on both sides. Derrick Henry, we've seen as a walking home run, is that deep threat, that vertical passing game, also a walking home run that we saw, let's say over the last three years, we saw it. I don't want to say that it was just obsolete, but I think it's going to be utilized a hell of a lot more in 2022. Yeah, and uh, Asad says career high with his worst wide receivers he ever had, Zach. Well, aside, you're missing the point, is that the, the strength of a couple of the young wideouts they have are just go run by people. Like, Race McMath, his strength right now, and he'll be back after his IR stint, I'm sure, but Race McMath's strength is just being faster than everybody else. Uh, Did Traylon you not Burks, hear what I, I and I, um, this is to Assad. Did you not hear what I said? I said deep ball completions, a career high in deep ball completions. Not, I don't even know what you thought I said, but that, that I think I actually, I would bet $150 on that. Assad, I'll, I'll make you a bet. I, I believe that that will happen this year because as you were kind of bringing up Austin, it's just, that's the talent of the guys that he's throwing to. Yes. Yeah, for sure. A to Z sports here live. And there's a new guy that uh, Ryan Tannehill also might be throwing to. A to Z Sports here live on this Tuesday. Josh Gordon is with the Titans, and we've got some practice video of Josh Gordon, and he's got some juice here, Zach. So we'll watch that here in a second, but we're going to ask you guys this question. What are your expectations statistically for Josh Gordon with the Titans this season? What are your expectations for Josh Gordon statistically 
uh, and the Titans this season. But first, Zach, tell everybody about Farm Bureau Health Plans. Yeah, FBHP.com is where to go to get your new health plan. I got my new health plan at the beginning of 2022. I'm really glad that I did. I received better coverage. I received a better rate. I saved 20% per month. And I had better service because I actually get to talk to somebody. I had a teledoc conference when I was sick. I didn't have to go to the actual doctor. I ring on my phone. I set it up and I said, hey, look, these are my symptoms. This is why I'm sick. I was prescribed medicine and I got better because of it free of charge because it was a part of my plan. It can be a part of your plan if you set it up that way. All you have to do is have a quick 20 to 30 minute health assessment. I went through it on the phone. It was very simple. Receive a quote and make a decision. 200 plus locations across the state of Tennessee. That's FBHP.com slash A-T-O-Z. That's FBHP.com slash A-T-O-Z. That's Farm Bureau Health Plans of Tennessee. Don't forget, download the BetMGM app. It is fully back. It is ready to go. You got player props out there for the Thursday night football game as well. And if you download the BetMGM app and you use our code ATOZ Sports, you get a risk-free bet up to $1,000 with your first bet after your first deposit. It's simple as that. You download the app, you sign up, use that code ATOZ Sports, make your first deposit, and then that, that first bet risk-free up to $1,000. Visit betmgm.com for terms and conditions. 20 or older is the only new customer offer. All promotions, subject qualifications, other requirements, rewards issued with knowledgeable for bets for that credit for bets expire seven days. For problem game support, call Tennessee Redline 800-889-9789. So Josh Gordon was at practice yesterday, Zach, as he's a member of the practice squad for the Titans. So we're asking the question, what are your statistical expectations for Josh Gordon this season? Zach, I'll first let you go to the chat to read some answers, and then we'll take a look at Josh Gordon, who is still on the practice squad. That's the uh, technique the Titans use to get him in-house is he's on the practice squad, but we'll see if he gets elevated uh, before the game begins on Sunday. But what's the chat saying about expectations? Well, the thing I learned about Josh Gordon over the weekend is had the opportunity to go back to Kansas City and didn't have a great year in Kansas City last year, only 32 receiving yards. Uh and incited, decided to go somewhere else, maybe a new place can can yield some better production. And so he saw the Titans as an opportunity. He comes in there, and we'll find out what he's going to do. Look, I, I have my doubts, but that's why they play the football games, and that's why, you know, the Titans, he, he could play. I don't know. I don't know how much. I don't know if he will be elevated, but he could play. Let's see what the chat says about his possible production and this is the full season right this is like let's say he works out because there could be a time where halfway through the season he's no longer on the roster right um let's see here uh maybe 20 catches 200 yards from billy three touchdowns 500 yards lane says 25 receptions 300 yards and two touchdowns i'm not even going to read stephen king's uh, i mean there's so many like jokes there's no way he's going to catch a thousand yards and seven touchdowns it's just the odds of that he would be better than robert woods and Traylon burks if that happens so uh, that's kind of i'm gonna skim over that Derek says 31 catches 434 yards and one touchdown 20 275 yards from trevor 20 catches would be a win from kenneth 15 receptions 175 yards two touchdowns i think uh Dago is kind of where I'm going to go. I think that the, I would say 187 yards receiving 
a max of two touchdowns and probably about 15 receptions, 15 to 20 receptions within those. That's kind of where I see them getting anything from him because of a couple of things. Unless he shocks the world, which, hell, he would shock me. And Racy McMath doesn't come back after four weeks and is what they kind of drafted him to be and overtakes Josh Gordon. And Josh Gordon has kind of a, a second coming of his career. That would shock all. But I think 187, 15 to 20 receptions and two touchdowns, you know, you're getting out of Josh Gordon the most that you possibly probably can. Yeah. And I, I view this as a rental. Like Josh Gordon is a rental receiver for the Titans right now. And so whoever said that uh, a, a win would be 20 plus catches, like, yeah, if you can get Josh Gordon to have 20 catches over the next five games, I think that's a big deal. Like that's legitimate. That helps your team. If you added somebody, uh, you know, basically after roster cuts who got you 20 catches in the first five games, that'd be huge because is he, is he better than Cody Hollister? Absolutely. Uh, Cody Hollister didn't have 20 catches to his name and he didn't barely even had 20 catches in college. So I think, I think Josh Gordon, my expectations are him to be active for the first five games of the season, which gets you to the bye week and then potentially racy comes back. Then I think, I think, I think Josh Gordon maybe has a dozen catches for a little over a hundred yards. That's honestly my expectations. I don't, and Kenneth is is the comment that I was mentioning, but I think twelve catches for around a hundred yards, no touchdowns. That's honestly my expectations for Josh Gordon over the first five weeks. Two things he cannot and must not do: he can't not know where to be. That is the easiest way to get your ass cut. Boom, boom, you will just get cut. And the second thing, Austin, he can't drop the football. You can't have drops because there are plenty of other wide receivers that have better hands. Once Josh Gordon starts dropping the football, if that happens, he won't be around for long. It will be a quick rental. Is he is he a dropsies kind of guy? Like, I mean, I, I don't recall him having questionable hands. He's just had questionable availability. You know what I mean? That's I, I have no you, idea. But I mean. Wide receivers drop the football. I mean, no, AJ sure. and Julio had drops last no, year. No, I right? know that. But I don't like, think is that they're some... notorious for drops. No, this is just a literal, uh, genuine question. Is Josh Gordon a guy who has struggled with jo- drops throughout his career? I, he I had some drops in. So the reason why he played as much as he did in Kansas City is because of the COVID protocols when Tyreek and Kelsey had COVID. So he came in there and performed in there. I don't think he's notorious for drops, but when you are a rental player, I think that was more of my statement. Yeah, you can't. When you're a rental those player, things. those are the most glaring mistakes that you can make. Not know where to be and drop the football when it's past your way. And, and Dez, Dez is your example, right? right he dropped the football. What, yeah, but Dez is like a 23 year old second year guy who you overdrafted. Josh Gordon's 31 years old, he's been in several different offenses. Like, yeah, it's new. He's going to have to, like, learn quickly. But it's not like Josh Gordon doesn't have the ability to pick up a playbook. He has, I think, as a guy who's played a lot of football, a lot less than he probably should have at this point in his age. But it's not like you're bringing in a a 
former sixth round pick who's played for a year and a half, right? Like the guy understands how to integrate himself into a new team, you know, mid season. He's done that. So I'm not worried about his overall ability to get up to speed. There's a steep learning curve now and we'll see what happens. Do they bring him up or would you rather use Cody Hollister on punt gunner? Uh, against at the, least for uh, the week Giants. one, uh, yeah, yeah, I don't know what they're gonna do. Uh, it depends on how he practices. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. And well, and here's the video. Just like physically, Josh Gordon. Uh, this video starts with Robert Woods, and so we've all watched Robert Woods a lot over the last several months of, of doing drills. Robert Woods is not like the most physically imposing looking receiver out there, but he's really crafty. And here's Josh Gordon. He's just big, long stride. Thick, looks strong, right? Big hands. You know, I mean, he looks the part, right? And and what we're seeing there, wearing that number 19, he's a lot thicker than Tajay Sharp was ever wearing that 19. <laughs> it's just, how long will he wear that number 19 for? Yeah, yeah. So, will he be brought up? I don't know. it Because I, I know the guys who are going to be active on Sunday against the Giants are your top four receivers. Do they think Cody Hollister deserves to be active against the Giants to play some type of special teams? Because we know Racy was one of their guys you were going to have be a gunner uh, and potentially your kick returner, although Hilliard uh, is the starting kick returner right now. But uh, without Racy, you know you don't know what Josh Gordon's game day role is. Josh Gordon's game day role is not play gunner on punt. It could be for Cody Hollister. Yeah. Well... I would, to, before we get to trivia, I'll say the last thing, uh, at least for today's show on my fantasy football team, I had a good position to draft Traylon Burks, and I did. I draft Traylon Burks because I thought his big playability, I don't know if it's going to happen week one, two, three, or four, but I've drafted him for week 12 when he's integrated into the offense. And oh, it's going to happen. You know, he's sooner than that. Well, I, but that's why I drafted him. I'm yes, not yes. saying what he'll do from one to 12 is how does he blow by receivers? How does he create separation? How does he go up and grab and hands catch balls deep? And how does Tannehill and his, you know, communication and rapport grow throughout the course of the season? I, I, I'll be honest, Austin, besides Derrick Henry, just because I want to see 22 run the rock because we haven't seen him all preseason. I think I'm probably most excited about Robert Woods. I, I, Robert Woods, I, I feel like could be awesome, but he also, I, or he could be not ready to throw into the role that he's, he is. I, he's I don't know. definitely ready. Like he is physically ready. He's mentally ready. Like Robert Woods is ready to go. And he has been for a while. Does his production yield that statement? We'll, we'll find out. Yeah, we'll find out. And there's a lot of, I mean, there's a lot of new pieces in the offense. Austin Hooper, Robert Woods, Traylon Burke, Cal Phillips, Chikonquo, and then the return of Derrick Henry. Like, there's a lot to figure out on where are they going to get the football? Who's going to get the priority? Are they going to call plays for players? Are they going to call plays just to call plays? Well, again, we're, we got, it's Tuesday. The game is Sunday. We'll have our pregame, halftime, and postgame show. So make sure you get your live notifications on leading up to game day we've been doing this for years 30 minutes prior to kickoff you can tap on your phone and watch us get ready for you know giants titans 
in Nissan Stadium. But there's a lot to discuss leading up to this this week. I mean, yeah. this is a huge season for the Tennessee Titans and what they've constructed. And Austin, we ended the season where you were visibly upset at Todd Downing. Oh, God. What is Todd Downing going to do to earn back the trust of the offense and the fan base and call good games throughout the course of the season? There's a lot of pressure on Todd Downing that yeah. really we haven't, we've taken a little bit of a hiatus to speak about, but he's got a target on, on his back this season to be able to, to repeat and, and get this offense where it needs to be. Yep. And that is something that we'll only know when we see it. Like it's, you know, there's no way to predict, oh, Todd Downing is going to be so much better uh, when it comes to the first 10 plays of the game because they were absolute garbage <clears throat> when uh with that. No, so Michael says, which video did y'all talk about Todd? Oh, Michael, you got to go back to January. I, that was the thing that pissed me off the most about it about the whole playoff game. It was, was the post game show. Just go back. You could, and that was that was again emotional reaction. Oh, because I was so what mad. We, at Todd we just saw, but well, post game show Bengals Titans that. I, I mean, I, I was upset at Tannehill. You were upset at, at, at Downing because of, of what happened. Well, I, I, cause I tracked Todd Downing's opening drives throughout the entire season. I, I usually track something every year while we're watching the games. Like two years ago, it was Arthur Smith's damn toss plays to Derrick Henry that never worked. And then last year it was Todd Downing's opening drive that I tracked on the lack of success. And I don't, I vaguely remember in 18 games, I think they punted uh, 13 times. They only scored uh, 10 points on opening drives. One was a field goal against the Jets, then a touchdown against the uh, Chiefs, right? So it was really, really bad, really bad. And so we're only going to know uh, what that looks like when they come out on the field against the Giants and how quickly they send Ryan Stonehouse out on the field uh, for the, the first punt of the season. Yeah, and Kern's still uh, in waiting. Yes, he is. All right, it is Esports here live on this Tuesday. It is time for Tuesday's sports trivia. Zach, this is the last week before we reset ourselves with the NFL season. So right after week one, we'll start week one with new trivia. We've done really well. We're at 78.8%. We need to go eight and two again to wrap up this round of trivia. But first, tell us all about Wilson County Hyundai. Yeah, WilsonCountyHyundai.com is where you need to go to look at the inventory for your brand new Hyundai. And they've got your perfect make and model. You just got to figure it out. Could be the Palisade, third row seating, full-size SUV, the four-door sedan, which is the Sonata. They've got the Elantra, the Tucson, the Santa Fe, and the Ionic. The Ionic is battery-powered. It is not fueled by fuel or gas. And you can plug that bad boy up. You can order it right from WilsonCountyHyundai.com. Payne Bone and his team will hook you up with a great ride. Test drive one today. That's WilsonCountyHyundai.com. Don't forget, download the BetMGM app for football season because it's here. You do that. You uh, plug in our code ATOZ Sports when you sign up and you get a risk-free bet up to $1,000. It's a great way to jump on board with football season. So you download the app, sign up with code ATOZ Sports, and make your first deposit, that first bet, risk-free, up to 1000 bucks.
Tuesday sports trivia. We have 10 questions. Apparently the last three are King themed because we talked a lot about uh, Derek Henry early on in the show. So Zach, we are at 78.8% today. We really would need to, we need another eight. We need another eight out of two to keep raising that percentage. Uh, but let's get this thing going. All right. We've got a couple of college uh, mascots to start us off. Okay. Sonoma state based in California, the Sonoma state blanks. Who is the Sonoma state? What is their mascot? I don't know. Sonoma state, not multiple choice. No. Oh, Uh, real quick. Will you guys be live game day? Absolutely. Pre-game halftime and post-game Buck rising will be live for Titan game day morning throughout the season as well. So we will get you guys locked and loaded for all of our game day coverage. Absolutely. Sonoma state. So Sonoma is in California. Um, are they like the raisins or something? The raisins. Uh, how far is Sonoma away from it's inland? It's not by the beach, is it? No, the Sonoma is like wine country. The Redwoods. Uh, that's not a bad guess there, Bobby. Uh, Steven says they're known for their for their uh, Josh Gordon. So would they be the, like the Blazers? I don't know. Well, hold on. Matt Nap. Drew. Matt Drew. I think Matt Drew has. Did you, I hope you didn't Google. Because Matt Drew has a visual. I, I don't know. I have no idea. Yeah, I don't know. Sonoma State. Uh-oh. Matt Drew... If he's Googling, you're going to get banned. I know, that's what I was worried about. Gator said, Gator Hater says, Seawolves, I have a t-shirt from there. Let, all right, let's just go Seawolves for Gator Hater, final A to Z. The correct answer, North of California, established in 1960, opened its doors to students in 1961, Let's see. From the early 1960s until 2002, the Sonoma Sonoma State was called the Cossacks in honor of their Russian settlers in a nearby area. In 2002, though, a naming committee surveyed student, staff, and alumni to name the Seawolves, chosen in honor of Jack London, born in the area and author of The Seawolf. Okay. One to know. We got that one. Hmm. All right. Uh, before we get to another mascot, there is a NFL question. Who was known by the name of the Kansas Comet? Oh, this is an NFL question. Who was known by you- the nickname the Kansas Comet? I think you were uh, you're stalling out there, but the answer uh, is uh, Gail Sayers. You want to lock that in? Yeah. Finally, does he lock that one in? Gail, Gail Sayers. Yeah. Entered the NFL in 1965 as a member of the Bears. Known as the Kansas Comet, Gail Sayers. Also depicted in the movie Brian's Song, which I actually never yes. saw. 
Never saw the movie, um, read the book, though, which is rare for me to say that I never saw the movie, but I read the book. Usually it's the opposite. Yeah, really. Um, all right. Uh, back to college. Wayne State blank. The Wayne, Wayne State, State blanks. Based in Michigan. That's the only thing that I know. Wayne State. Wayne State. Michigan. Wayne State. Jarrell says Penguins. Ed Rogers says it's in Detroit. Okay. I feel like I need Joe Rex. Timer on here. Yeah. Warriors. Yeah, are these community colleges? Uh, Jeff Rubel says Warriors. Lock it in. MB says Warriors is the football team. Wayne State Warriors. I mean, fine with me. Wayne State Warriors. You want to lock that in? Final A to Z, Wayne State Warriors. Wayne State, located in Detroit, Michigan. So there you go, Ed. Started in 1868 with several Civil War doctors decided they need to be a medical school in the area. The university was called the Tartars in 1927, but in 1999, the school changed the name to the Warriors. Okay, three and zero. It is said that it uh, it was because many people did not know what a tartar was, and there was jokes about tartar sauce. Yeah, the mascot is now a person dressed as a character named W. Uh, shocker that when the internet began, people made fun of that. <laughs> right. Oh, we got to change this the internet, this thing that's really, really rough. All right, so three and zero start. Which team opened up the 2002 NFL season with a loss, setting an NFL record for the first team to lose 600 games? Which team opened up the 2002 NFL season with a loss, setting an NFL record for the first team to lose 600 games? 600 games? I mean, are we going to go back to back Detroit with the Lions? Well, it's not the Bucks because well, the, the 600 games, Zach. They have the Bucks weren't around like 2002. Well, I was just trying to think of bad teams. Yeah, like that have been around for a long time. Like the Lions are around for a while. Um, man. The Cardinals is is a good guess because they've been around for a long time. The Cardinals is a good guess. I don't think the Browns were it because they missed a chunk of of years there. I uh, I don't know. You got to lock something in. Scott says he go Cardinals. I like, I don't I don't dislike I'm the Cardinals. With Cardinals. Okay. I think it sounds logical. Cardinals. I, I, I can do, I can dig Cardinals. 
Oh, the Cardinals, beginning in Chicago in 1920, played in St. Louis and Phoenix, lost over 600 games. The next closest is the Detroit Lions with 496. It's a big difference. The Cardinals is correct. All right, 4 0. Um, who led the NFL in sacks in 1982? The first season in which it was recorded. Who led the NFL in sacks in 1982? The first season in which it was recorded. This has got to be Scott. Scott's going to know this one. I know Scott's going to be all over this. Gastineau. <laughs> Gastineau? Uh, Ed says Mark Gat Mark Gast, and then Scott says Gastineau. I mean, I'd say we go with those two guys. And Strahan's too young. I did Lawrence Taylor from Gator. Lawrence Taylor did come through my mind. Yeah, but I think it's too early. Yeah, I think and he was Deacon a little Jones. Bit I don't think Deacon Jones has a recorded stat of a sack. But I I think it's Mark Gast. Mark Gastineau. I'm, I'm going with that. Lock Final that in. Z. Yeah. The All you guys saying just Michael Strahan. Do you know what year we're talking about? 2000 or 1982, guys. 1982. 1982. Minnesota Viking Doug Martin. Uh, took the honor with 11.5 sacks. His record, however, did not last. Mark Gastineau posted 19 in 1983, followed by 22 in 1984, a record that stood until Michael Strahan sacked Brett Favre for 22 and a half in 2001. The correct answer is Doug Martin. Dang. So was that three and one or four and four and one? Four and one. Yeah. Four, four and one. one. Yeah. Let's see. What longtime player finally was inducted into the Hall of Fame in 2001 on his 14th ballot? What longtime player was finally inducted into the NFL Hall of Fame in 2001? on his 14th ballot. I remember hearing this story. Jarrell says Ray Guy. This is NFL, right? Pro football? Yeah, yeah. Was it... Did John Stallworth get in? That name rings a bell. Yeah, John Stallworth is in. So, 14th ballot in 2001, you said, right? Correct. So, plus, so, yeah, so the last, they would have retired around 1982. Lynn Swan and Stallworth are both in, right? One got in a lot earlier than the other. You would think Lynn Swan would be in. 
he, they're both. In, I mean, they're both in now, but but like not after fourteen. I mean, I, I and that's something that I just don't know the temperature. Them, I don't know the temperature of sports when Lynn Swan was great. But one of them got in a lot earlier than the other. I just don't remember if it was Stallworth was in before Swan or not. Ah, we're getting a lot of Lynn Swan. You want to go with that? Sure. Let's go Lynn Swan. Final A to Z. Lynn Swan missed out on his first 13 attempts, but finally got in. Stalwart was inducted in 2002 on his eighth. Okay, so he was a lot younger. Okay. So we were right. Yeah, we were. Five and one. Wow. All right. Here is an officiating question. Okay. Let's see. Which official functions as the backup timekeeper? We, oh, had we had that before. We had this. Me and Sam had this like two weeks ago. Okay. Okay. So we, we actually will... missed it. So this would have been redemption. But um, let's see. I think we've had some of these. Okay. So I'm gonna have to move on. We uh, just need. We just need one more sports before our, our king questions. Yep, I'm trying to find one. Uh, in 1962, unlimited free substitution meant that players no longer had to play offense and defense. Who was the last player in that era that played on both sides of the ball? Don Hudson, Rosie Greer, Chuck Bednarik? Bednarik? You don't know how to pronounce that name? Well, I didn't want to butcher it. Oh. Yeah, we've Cliff, had this one. You've already had this one? Yes. When? When when you when one of the days you were out. <laughs> wow. Um All right. I'm going to have to go towards Cuz the answer was Hudson. Oh, really? We guessed that's why Eric. you knew it was Bednarik. <laughs> no, that's a very famous football name. There's a college football award named after him. That that's I was thrown off by that. Who retired in 1994 as the New Orleans Saints all-time leading pass receiver in the 20th century? This we have not had. Who retired in 1994 as the New Orleans Saints all-time leading pass receiver in the 20th century? I don't know what the 20th century has to do with that. Somebody says, Ed says Walls. I have no idea who this would be. This is going to be somebody who caught passes for a lot of bad teams. Yeah, because it's not going to be... A retired in 94? Yeah. Ah, I know nothing about the Saints. Pre Aaron Brooks. 
retired in 94. I don't know. This is a tough one. This is when the Saints, like, I mean, Archie was playing probably. Josh, it's funny because you get people that are, like, really young. Like, I I think I'm young, but then you have, like, Josh being like, wasn't Joe Horn then? I don't know before that. <laughs> Joe Horn was, like, in the 2000s. <laughs> I mean, I, I have no idea. Retired in 94. I think we're just going to have to take an L on this. I think we're just going to take an L. So we're having to go five and two. That's it. You know, lock that in. Yep, five, <laughs> five and two. Yeah, we, we don't know anything. After playing in the Big Easy for nine years, from 1985 to 1994, hauling in 532 receptions, the all-time leading pass receiver in the 20th century for the New Orleans Saints is Eric Martin. I don't even know who that is. Brad said maybe Eric Martin, but that was right as you know we had already gotten to the point of Google Google territory. So all right, five and two. All right, now we go to the king. And my bad, Josh, I misunderstood the comment on your Joe Horn comment. But you weren't the only one that said Joe Horn. So my bad, Josh. All right, three king questions. Now we go the king of rock and roll, Elvis. How many encores did Elvis usually give? Three, zero, one, or five? There's people have got to know about Elvis. I mean, I, I actually that was one of the things I wanted to do this weekend. I never got a chance to do is watch that movie. How many encores did Elvis usually give? Three, zero, one, or five? I mean, he used to come back out a ton. It's three or five. It's not one or zero. Yeah, we're getting a lot of threes. I say three is the most popular answer we've gotten. I say we go three. Three final A to Z. Elvis Presley never gave an encore at his concerts. I it was, yeah, that was that's a gut I had. Instead, the lights would come up and the announcer would say. Elvis, Elvis has, has left. left the building. Damn it. Why did we not? God, I didn't even think about that. Ah, which is genius. Yeah. Right. Yes. Cause you got, you got to pay more. You gotta yeah. The you got to come back for another show. Damn it. That's, that's a, that's bad. It makes too much sense. Ah, all right. We are now five and three. We can't miss another one. Let's see. What did Elvis receive from Richard Nixon? A statue of General Douglas MacArthur? A special agent badge? Watergate tapes? <laughs> or meatloaf? What did Elvis receive from Richard Nixon? I think the badge makes more makes the most sense. The badge. And we're getting a lot of badges. 
that badge lock it in badge 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 finally to Z badge nixon gave elvis a special agent badge for the bureau of narcotics and dangerous drugs which is foreshadowing because he died of narcotics that's irony all right final question we are six and three we have to have this man there's two really good questions We're, we're, were we six and three? Six and three. We have to have this. And if you want to go bonus, then we can go bonus. What was the name of Elvis Presley's chimpanzee? I've heard this before, but I don't know it anymore. What was the name of Elvis Presley's chimpanzee? I mean, I have no clue. Priscilla, <laughs> which is funny. <clears throat> I don't know. Well, I picked the right one because this one's tough. Goose? Scat- scatter, lock it in. Scatter. Mom loved Elvis. So scatter. You 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 do want to lock that Scatter in? Scatter final A to Z. <clears throat> Elvis's chimpanzee wasn't exactly the best behaved chimp. Among other things, he ripped up curtains at Graceland, liked to peek under the skirts of Elvis's female visitors, and when he was really playful mood, he tended to throw. Scatter. <laughs> Scatter is his name. Well, that's just a chimp being a chimp, right? Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> All right. Final question, right? Bonus question. I'll give one bonus question. Just because I don't know the name, I don't know the answer to this. And I'm does this, this count towards our record? Pretty cool. What is our final right percentage? now? We are We got to be close to 80. Right now we're at 78% because we dropped. If if we would have gone 10 for 10 today, we would have gotten 80%, but we missed three. All right, last, here's a bonus question to end this 10 weeks of trivia. What two presidents was Elvis related to? What two U.S. presidents was Elvis related to? And I'm starting the clock right now. And we have 45 seconds to answer it. What two U.S. presidents was Elvis related to? I don't know this. That's kind of why I wanted to do it. Well, of course, bonus questions are not supposed to be easy, Derek. It's going to be tough. I didn't know that he was related to president. I knew. I think we have 15 seconds. Uh, I mean, I'm going to say one. I'm going to say both of them were like distant, like old, old presidents. Oh, yeah. Not like around his age. Error, era. Uh, I mean, I, I have no idea.
I mean, there's no, I, I don't even have a guess. Like, pick two uh, Andrew Jackson and James K. Polk. Elvis was distantly related to two presidents Abraham Lincoln oh. and Jimmy Carter. Mm. They discovered that the great great grandfather of the 16th president, Abe Lincoln, was Isaiah Harrison, an ancestor to Elvis. And the 39th president, Jimmy Carter, is a sixth cousin once removed from Elvis. Well, once removed right there. Yeah. So 79%. Loosely related. That's kind of the best that we've done on these particular sets of questions. Yeah, yeah. It's been tough. So our next 10 to start the season is 80%. Okay. There you go. 80%. That's and we learned get. we learn a lot in a, a, a lot of ways. We do. We do. All right, guys. Great Tuesday show. The best thing about Labor Day weekend is that the week is shorter. So we're that much closer to NFL football. We'll be back again tomorrow at 8 a.m. Central Time. And don't forget, Buck Rising is live tonight. A to Z Sports Prime Time at 8 p.m. Central Time on these same channels on Facebook and YouTube. Don't forget, download or I'm um, download subscribe to our youtube channel uh to make sure uh that you get all of our content and we'll talk to you guys wednesday morning thanks adios